Let me thank you all again for coming out and being with us this morning. Really glad that you're here. Bradley and Bobby have uh, got us off to uh, a real good start. You might want to uh, turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. We'll be using that passage in just a moment. If you want to uh, really look ahead, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 will be the next one. If you want to go ahead and turn to those two passages. While you do that, I want to remind everybody that next Sunday we're going to have what we call Family and Friends Day. And this started out several years ago. The the ladies said, hey, can we just have a, a meal for our church family sometime between the two big holidays, uh, Thanksgiving and uh, and Christmas. And so we, you know, seemed like a great idea. That eventually evolved into what we have called since then Family and Friends Day. And the reason for that is it gives everybody a, a chance to invite somebody to come. We'll be having a meal together after the morning service, and if there's someone that you know, they may go to another congregation, uh, especially folks who don't attend church. This is a good chance to invite them to come. That will be next Sunday. So please, uh, please be planning to be here. Invite someone to come with you. In Romans chapter 12, and starting at verse 17, the Apostle Paul says, Repay no one evil for evil, and have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And he goes on and he says, And if it be possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Verse 19, he says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And verse 21 tells us, Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. So God would have us to be peaceable. That should be a very easy thing for us to do. But the truth is, it's something that has to be worked at. It takes some give and take from everybody. We're not going to get our way every time. And we must be willing to give in sometimes to somebody else. If, if we really want to be at peace with everybody, we're going to have to be willing to give in sometimes. Husbands and wives, parents, children, neighbors, co-workers, classmates at school, we've got to work at getting along with one another. We've got to be trying to get along with one another. And so we've seen two important words already. we got to be willing, and we got to be trying. Being at peace requires patience. And sometimes we're going to have to go the extra mile, because the truth is, everybody out there is not going to try to be peaceable. Some folks get up in the morning looking for a fight, and when we're dealing with those folks, and we will from time to time, we're going to have to deal with them. 
we might have to try a little harder. And I know that's, that's asking a lot. And, and we're thinking, well, well, that's not fair. They need to do their share. And you're right, they do. But everybody is not going to. And so we have to try a little bit harder. And, and when we do that, though, we know that we are trying to be like Jesus Christ. Look with me at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 2 and verse 21. Peter says, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. And so, yeah, I know that when somebody's not treating us right, when somebody is, is not doing their part in trying to be peaceable, it, it's not fair for us to have to go the extra mile. I know that's not fair. But we know when we make that extra effort to get along with other people, we're following the example of Jesus Christ. I doubt that there are any of us, even, uh, even our older folks, who can remember a time when the world was, was really at peace. And, and even now, there are, there are conflicts all over the world. All, all you have to do is just watch the news and you will see that all around the globe, people are fighting and they are warring and there are conflicts all over the world. And maybe... In that case, all we can do is just pray about it. And we need to be praying for peace. That might be all we can do in those cases. But in our little corner of the world, where we are, where we live, we must be trying to be at peace with others. Maybe we should, even those of us uh, profess to be Christians, we, we've been in church a long time. We've studied our Bible a lot. We, we show up at church most of the time. Maybe even we should take an honest look at ourselves sometimes and see if we are really trying to get along with the folks round about us. Getting along with other people means that sometimes we're going to have to swallow our pride. That's hard. Nobody wants to do that. We might have to admit, I was wrong. I made a mistake. I messed up. This was my fault. It could be that an honest apology might be in order sometimes. And those things are hard and nobody wants to do that. I, I understand. I hate to say I was wrong. Have you ever been wrong, T.A.? <laughs> More times than I can possibly count. 
Nobody wants to do that. But if we really want to be at peace with other folks, we might just have to say, hey, I was wrong and I'm sorry. I sincerely apologize. One of my pet peeves, this is T.A. talking. One of my pet peeves is bullying. I don't hate anybody personally, but the act of bullying itself, I hate it. I hate bullying. When you think about a bully, you, the picture you get is maybe a, that, that first grader pushing around the other kids on the playground. Well, maybe that, that, that kid is just too young to realize that what they're doing is just not really the right thing. Maybe it's a high school kid not very mature yet, and he just doesn't, just doesn't understand that, that running over his, his classmates does not make him look like a big man. It makes him look like a, a, a tiny, uh, little, little bitty uh, person is what it makes him look like. Maybe he's not mature enough yet to, to understand that. But in our world, we have 40-year-old bullies. We have 50 and and 60 year old bullies and they are the worst kind. They should know better. There is no excuse for those of us who are older, who are more mature, who really should just know better. There is no sense and no excuse for us to to bully others in or out of the church. But maybe even some of us who profess to be Christians, maybe we need to ask ourselves, do I ever push around my brothers and my sisters at church just because I feel like I can? (laughs) I'm tougher than they are. I'm meaner than they are. Maybe we should ask ourselves, am I a Christian or am I a bully? You cannot be both. Being a peacemaker is not always about our own personal behavior. It can, it can mean acting as a, a, a go-between. Two people are not getting along. They're struggling. Uh, they're competing with one another. And maybe in some way we can uh, be a go-between and, and help them resolve their differences. And I think that, that when we teach God's Word, when we teach the Bible, uh, we're, we're trying to, to make Christians. We're trying to convert people. And you would think that if we can convert someone, they would be more peaceable than they were before. And so teaching the gospel also plays a role in this. In Genesis chapter 13, we have an example from Abraham of of what we might have to do sometimes in order to, to get along with folks. Abraham and his nephew Lot were rich by the standards of that day. They had great herds, cattle and sheep and goats. And there just wasn't enough water and enough grazing land for them to stay close together. Their, their herdsmen were already fighting and quarreling. And so Abraham calls his nephew in. And he says, Lot, we've we've just got to put some space between us. There's just not enough grass, not enough water for us to to stick close together. We've got to put some room between us. And so 
I'm going to let you choose, Lot. You pick the piece of ground that you want. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go left, I'll go right. You, you choose what you want, Lot. And Abraham said to him, Let there be no strife between you and me, or between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we be brethren. Sometimes we might just have to give in and let somebody else have their way in order to be at peace. We might also look at Lot's selfish choice. The Bible tells us that Lot looked around and he saw the the well-watered plains down towards the city of Sodom. And Lot's thinking, man, I'll do really good down there. A lot of grass, a lot of water. And the Bible says that Lot pitched his tents toward Sodom and it wound up costing him everything that he had because he chose selfishly. When we find ourselves in a position to choose. Hey, it's, it's up to me. I can do whatever I want to here. Let us choose wisely. And let us try to make a choice that, that maybe is good for everybody and not just ourselves. I got to this point and I knew I knew I would get a I would be thinking uh, yeah you're looking in a mirror when you say this this TA because really I am Con- controlling our tongue and our temper is a big part of being peaceable and I'm sorry to say this is the voice of experience up here there, there was a time in my life I would I would get upset and and you know the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4 and verse 26 to be angry and sin not. Uh, you can you can get a little upset and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's what you do next that makes the difference. Well, I would start talking. Not a good decision because then I didn't know when to quit talking. James 1 verses 19 and 20 tells us, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. And and I believe, and again, I'm sorry to say I've had some experience with this. I believe we just have to make a decision that I'm going to do better. It takes a conscious effort. Think about it. Focus on it. I'm going to do better. I'm going to rein in my temper. I'm going to rein in my tongue. I'm going to do better. And it can be done if we will try. I have two more points, and they are both very important. We need peace in our homes and in our families. In time past, it seemed like the world just moved a little slower. There were not as many distractions, not as many places to go, not as many things to do. And, and for most folks, at least where we live, here in, in the Sequatchie Valley and in the mountains around us, where, where we live, home was the center of our lives. We came home from school, 
We ate supper with our family. Our mama had cooked that supper. We slept in our own bed. Or if you were like me, uh, you had a baby brother who was afraid to sleep by himself. You slept with your brother, at least up until he was uh, big enough to, to sleep on his own. I remember one time when he was four years old, it was 3 a.m. on Christmas morning. He, he sat up in bed, hey, got to get up. I talked him into going back to sleep. Santa Claus hadn't come yet, go back to sleep. Big brother wasn't ready to get up yet. But I didn't mind that. My brother was afraid to sleep by himself. And so eventually he got old enough and, and we and got his, own, got his own bedroom. But home, home was the center uh, of our lives. But now in the modern world with the, the technology that we have, the easy travel, most families have a little more money to spend now. It, it's cost us. It's cost us some things. Closeness of home. Closeness of, of family. In some cases, even the love of, of home and, and family. And, and, and that's a shame. And it doesn't have to be that way. We need to hold on to those things for dear life. Home. Family. Love of home and family. We need to cling to those things with everything that we've got. Young folks, let me talk to you just for a moment. If you have that, if you have that kind of home, parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles who love you and care about you, you better be grateful for what you have and realize how blessed you are. Appreciate what you've got, young people, if you have that kind of home. And we've got to hang on to it with everything that we've got. When families are fighting and falling apart, nothing good can happen. Only bad. We need peace in our homes. And we can make that happen if we really want to. Last thing is this. We need peace in our congregations. Jesus tells us in John chapter 13... This is verses 34 and 35. Jesus tells us a, a, a new commandment. I give unto you that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. And then he says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. But if the folks outside don't come to church with us, they're out there in the world not interested uh, in the church, not interested in God's Word, if they see something other than what Jesus was talking about right here, loving one another and caring about one another, they won't be interested. Why would they be? They, they can find uh, uh, hatred and, and fighting and problems. They can find that outside the church. Why would they be interested uh, in coming to church and, and just getting another dose of it? Now let me very quickly say, when it comes to biblical issues, and what the Bible teaches and what it doesn't teach, we, we've got to take a stand on those things. We cannot compromise the truth just to make everybody happy. But, but in my experience, most of the time, it is a personality conflict. Or it is a, 
one person got to have their way every single time. I'm the boss. You just need to do what I say. Even the Apostle John had to deal with that way back in the first century. Look with me in the, in the book of 3 John. 3 John, this, this is verse 9. This is what John writes. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds which he does, prating against us with, with malicious words, and not content with that, but he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Oh, Diotrephes, he was the boss at his congregation. You better do it his way. He'll throw you out of the church. We don't have any room for a Diotrephes in the Lord's church today, but I'm sorry to say we may have a few. Back in the first century, one of the problems that they had in the congregations in those days was food offered to idols. Now, those, those idols were nothing. They, they weren't even real gods. And the, the mature Christians knew that. You know, they, they knew... And that, that idol over there, that, that's nothing. I can eat that food. It's no big deal. But some of the weaker Christians didn't think they should have any part in that. And this is what Paul advised them to do. In Romans chapter 14. Romans 14. Again, the issue there was food, but we can make an application here. Verse 13. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. And that, that some of the Christians didn't think they needed to have anything to do with those idols. Yet, if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love if you're doing it anyway. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore do not let your good be spoken of as, as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Now notice... Notice how he concludes this thought. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Seek those things which make for peace. That's what we need to be doing here at our congregation. That's going to mean that T.A. Smith don't get his way every time, and I don't like it. That's going to mean that Terry Don don't get his way every time, and, and he'd like to do that. I'm sure he would. But we've got to be seeking those things 
which make for peace. We have to show the folks out there in the world there's, there is still a place where people actually love each other and really care about each other. That place is the Lord's church. And that's what they have to see. I believe we can see the importance of being at peace. Jesus said in the Beatitudes, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Let us try our best here at our congregation, at home, at work, at school, out here in the community. Let us be trying to be at peace. The Lord's invitation is offered now. Perhaps you, are, you have never obeyed the gospel. You have never become a Christian. If that is the case, then this is an opportunity for you to render obedience to the plan of salvation, become a member of the Lord's body this, this very day. If you're willing to repent of your sins, if you're willing to confess your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, if you're willing to be immersed in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins, you can become a Christian this very day. We will help you get that done. Perhaps you have obeyed the gospel at some point in your life, have not been as faithful as you should have been. Throw off those things that caused you to stray. Ask for the prayers of the faithful and be restored. While we stand and sing.